Chapter 11 Democratizing AI to Help Shape a Beneficial Human-Centric Future Part 3 Addressing Bias and Discrimination Data biases in AI perpetuate biases that we already have. In asking who benefits, who is harmed, who is using, and who has the power to use AI systems and products, we are not only asking about the overt implications, but also how these questions are reflected in the ways the systems are built. Who is doing the designing always impacts what is being designed and the results it produces, however unaware we may be, or unintentional the biases. For example, in the development of melanoma detection algorithms, the technology only works on white skin. What about everyone else? Another algorithm used to find criminals quicker tends to ignore those living in wealthier areas and white people in general. Do white people not commit crimes? These two variably different technologies both show biases. The first bias being that only people of a certain kind can benefit from life-saving technology, and the second being that existing cultural and societal discriminations are being taught to algorithms that the rest of the world is told are completely objective. This problem is further perpetuated by the widespread effects of technology. It is no longer one person or group of people who must be present to do this job. It is technology that can be used anywhere in the world, on streams of people at a time. In this, smart technology and machine learning have an immense power to perpetuate, spread and expand social injustices and exclusions, prejudices, personal feelings and cultural, racial and gender inequalities and already entrenched systems. For a moment, let us zoom in towards the organizations and research institutions that are producing and leading the dialogue around smart technology. The composition of the workforce in these organizations and institutions are mostly white men. 18% of women, compared to 80% of men, lead research and thus the dialogue. Silicon Valley is notorious for its not only favoring white men for funding, but in turn for these white men hiring more white men in the companies that are building the systems and products that the world at large is using. If we turn our eye towards the global leaders in technology and machine learning, Facebook's research staff are at 15% women and 4% black, Google's is at 10% women but only 2.5% black, and Microsoft is also at 2.5% black. The percentage of women in research roles in Microsoft is unclear, but women comprise 21.4% of the company's technical roles. Why is research so important in AI? Not only does it control dialogues and tell us where to look and how to look at it, but this research is the foundation of AI systems. It builds the data and decision-making processes for the algorithms that rely on it. It determines what we are building, for whom, what we are considering this process, and how we are building it. There should be little doubt then why we land up with bias systems, solutions that favor the elite and focuses on products and solutions that can only be used by the few. It makes it even more difficult to change this when we are reliant on the interventions, laws and guidelines that lie in the hands of more elite, our politicians, global leaders, major economic contributors, more glaring dominance by white men. If leaders themselves are benefiting from exclusion and prejudice, do we dare wonder why it has taken so long to move our conversations from our troubles and goals towards the laws and policies that will solve and prevent them? In truth, these world problems or problems for the minorities and the marginalized are not at a matter of urgency for those who are not directly negatively impacted. 
It follows that if the same systems that produce social hierarchies and preferential treatment and the subsequent direction and biases in smart technology produce the lawmakers and regulators on whom we are waiting to set our future straight. This book not only aims to shed light on the real impact of smart technology, but the responsibility of those involved and benefiting from it. We aim to make it clear what needs to be done and how it can be done to achieve a future that prides itself on ethics, inclusion and development. We do, however, know that it is not enough to merely tackle the problems faced in the tech industry. It is not even enough to focus on communities. We must start with the leaders who perpetuate our state of being and insist on diversity that expands our vantage point. Only then can we ensure that the people guiding creating and developing our solutions are more accurately representing the global population and the variety of values, lifestyles and problems that we each face. And simultaneously, we must put in place the measures, checks, laws and processes that will ensure this moves from conversation to action. The system at large and every facet that relies on it and contributes to it needs to be considered. For the governments and businesses seeking smart technology in their solutions, we need trained ethicists, sound processes, diverse minds and internal policies that together guide every instance, every system and every product. However, we do not have them. While they are more difficult to achieve on a global leadership level, the smaller the ecosystem, the easier it is to introduce them. Governments have much larger ecosystems to contend with than global conglomerates, and these conglomerates have larger ecosystems to deal with than large national organizations. You get where we are going? This does not mean that larger ecosystems should not be thinking about this urgently. It just means that the changes will likely take more time. We do, after all, want them to be changes that are actionable, adoptable, thoughtful, and lasting. But we also want to stop seeing excuses and stalling. AI ethics is not a want. It is a need. And it is also about more than making the right thing or making the best system possible. We have not been faced with such an ethical challenge in society since the time before constitutions and democracy. Not to say that we do not have any other ethical challenges, but that none are particularly novel or new. The potential of smart technology makes our current ethical challenges that much more urgent and threatened and brings with it new ones. This is why AI is known as the greatest human rights challenge of the 21st century. There is little way to control its spread and simply too many unknowns. Those with power control the systems, benefit from the systems and inflict their biases on the systems. Business owners, politicians, leaders, those educated in machine learning, engineering and data science suddenly have more power than was ever possible and no laws, regulations or checks to balance this power. But we know this. This is not news. What we really need is to do something about it. We need governance, guidance and regulations. I'm advocating for more decentralized governance. To do that, however, we need to understand what needs to be governed, guided and regulated and how to make one-size-fits-all global laws that do not favor any culture, country or value system. Simply, we need common ground. We need our defining good on which we all agree and paths to reach this that are possible for every citizen of the world to follow. The proposed MTP for Humanity and its associated MTP goals provide such common ground. One thing we know for sure 
is that if we aim to achieve anything, our goals must be actionable and our path must be clear and our method must consider the values and rights of 9 billion individuals. Like with any plan and strategy, if we cannot reach it, it is pointless to discuss. This is where the democratizing AI framework and MTP for Humanity fits in to help people achieve the transformation that the smart technology era offers in an ethical, mindful and responsible way that considers all potential blockers and how to face and overcome them. Furthermore, the framework and MTP are also directed at lawmakers in what they need to consider in order to create laws and regulations that are reasonable, actionable and impose as many restrictions on the biased individuals creating the laws and building the systems as they do on the people and systems they govern and the people and social systems impacted by them. Here we take a note from John Rawls, who states that we can find a way to remove the natural instinct towards personal gain and protecting ourselves and what we know and believe in. Not just in theory, but in an actionable framework that helps us embrace AI, be empowered by AI, govern AI and use it for the good of the world. The trade-off between transparency and privacy is, as Peter Thiel describes, a wickedly hard problem. How transparent should we be? How transparent can we expect it to be? Should different people fall differently on the privacy-transparency spectrum? How much privacy should be given? Is privacy even real if it is only awarded to those who behave well? Is that not just the illusion of privacy? Bentham's panopticon is relevant as it is a sense of constantly being watched. What happens to us when we are behaving in ways that our governments want us to behave? What happens when these governments change? Can citizens adjust quick enough? All stakeholders, including citizens, need to be super agile and lifelong learners. There will always be things to learn, and if we are willing to keep learning, that is the only way we will be ensured to have knowledge that is not outdated or irrelevant and puts us in a better position to deal with change. The ability to reinvent ourselves again and again might sound stressful. We do not want to always have to change. What do we do with the stress that comes with this? How do we ensure we can do this? How do we make learning less exclusive? Digitization may have positive effects on this, but what about the digital divide? If this disappears in the next 10 years as we expect it to, are Friedman and Arari correct about the biggest divide being the self-motivation divide? The divide between those who keep learning and those who do not? We are moving into a world that was based on large-scale biases and prejudice to a world where bias and discrimination is based on individual traits. Is self-motivation the most important thing? Are those who are not self-motivated doomed to suffer? Furthermore, if there is so much data on us so readily available, this information will not be able to be hidden. Here we have a dilemma between transparency and privacy. If we are transparent, but there are biases and prejudices against what is not considered to be the perfect kind of citizen, loan applicant or employee, are we doomed to discrimination just because of our personality type? Or propensities are not useful to the current system? These are problems that AI and data can cause, and if we do not carefully think about them now, we are a part of creating this future. Let us look at data responsibility and explainability. Understanding how and why our rules or algorithms reach their conclusions, how a decision is made, 
is just as important as the accuracy of the decision itself. If we do not understand or cannot explain the decision-making process and criteria that affect that process, we cannot ensure or even justify if the outcome can or should be trusted. Explainability does not stop there. We also need to be able to explain for what it is that our business or organization is using AI, what it is serving, and who or what it is aiding. This means that all leaders and essentially everyone at the organization must understand from a business point of view why, how, and for what their organization is using AI. Being able to explain the algorithm's decision-making process, justifying its outcomes, and for what, how, and why AI is being used is only the beginning. We need to consider how, by whom, and to what end the data and its learned paths to conclusions are being directed, checked, watched, tested, and interrogated. Simply, whenever there is machine learning, there need to be measures and humans in place to take accountability of the system, its decision-making processes, and its conclusions. Without these measures, we fall trapped to many different potentially detrimental flaws. Firstly, there can be very little valuable explainability without accountability. We might very well be explaining how we think, hope, or assume something works, and in fact, it does not do that thing at all. There is also the concern that it is relatively common practice for humans to make decisions without being willing or able to explain their real motivations in full. In many cases, we may not even know what they are. The concerning part here is that our motivations affect our findings. If we want or think a conclusion or outcome will be a certain thing, then we, knowingly or unknowingly, steer it in that direction. When it comes to the interpretation of that answer, there are in many instances several ways to interpret it. This is where we get systems that identify CEOs as men, marketing managers as women, criminals as black, and so on. These identifications are being picked up based on our own prejudices, biases, senses of reality, and frames of reference. We are then infecting our algorithms with our same prejudices. Without checks, measures, and human intervention, we can never be sure that our data is clean, accurate, or valuable to our conclusions. The AI Now Institute at New York University is a women-led interdisciplinary research institute devoted to understanding the social implications of AI technologies. The institute's current research agenda focuses on four core areas. Bias and inclusion, rights and liberties, labor and automation, and safety and critical infrastructure. The AI Now 2019 report makes the following recommendations. 1. Regulators should ban the use of effect recognition in important decisions that impact people's lives and access to opportunities. 2. Government and business should halt all use of facial recognition in sensitive social and political contexts until the risks are fully studied and adequate regulations are in place. 3. The AI industry needs to make significant structural changes to address systemic racism, misogyny, and lack of diversity. 4. AI bias research should move beyond technical fixes to address the broader politics and consequences of AI's use. 5. Governments should mandate public disclosure of the AI industry's climate impact. 6. Workers should have the right to contest exploitative and invasive AI, and unions can help. 7. 
Tech workers should have the right to know what they're building and to contest unethical or harmful uses of their work. 8. States should craft expanded biometric privacy laws that regulate both public and private actors. 9. Lawmakers need to regulate the integration of public and private surveillance infrastructures. 10. Algorithmic impact assessments must account for AI's impact on climate, health, and geographical displacement. 11. Machine learning researchers should account for potential risks and harms and better document the origins of their models and data. And 12. Lawmakers should require informed consent for use of any personal data in health-related AI. Kate Crawford, Meredith Whittaker, and Sarah West of the AI Now Institute also produced a report in 2019 called Discriminating Systems, Gender, Race, and Power in AI that encompasses some of the recommendations that should be considered for action if we are to ensure that the destruction of smart technology is never allowed to exist. The recommendation for improving workplace diversity includes 1. Publish compensation levels, including bonuses and equity, across all roles and job categories, broken down by race and gender. 2. End pay and opportunity inequality, and set pay and benefit equity goals that include contract workers, temps, and vendors. 3. Publish harassment and discrimination transparency reports, including the number of claims over time, the types of claims submitted, and actions taken. 4. Change hiring practices to maximize diversity. Include targeted recruitment beyond elite universities. Ensure more equitable focus on underrepresented groups and create more pathways for contractors, temps, and vendors to become full-time employees. 5. Commit to transparency around hiring practices, especially regarding how candidates are leveled, compensated, and promoted. 6. Increase the number of people of color, women, and other underrepresented groups at senior leadership levels of AI companies across all departments. 7. Ensure executive incentive structures are tied to increases in hiring and retention of underrepresented groups. 8. For academic workplaces, ensure greater diversity in all spaces where AI research is conducted, including AI-related departments and conference committees. Their recommendations for addressing bias and discrimination in AI systems include 9. Remedying bias in AI systems is almost impossible when these systems are opaque. Transparency is essential and begins with tracking and publicizing where AI systems are used and for what purpose. 10. Rigorous testing should be required across the life cycle of AI systems in sensitive domains. Pre-release trials, independent auditing, and ongoing monitoring are necessary to test for bias, discrimination, and other harms. 11. The field of research on bias and fairness needs to go beyond technical de-biasing to include a wider social analysis of how AI is used in context. This necessitates including a wider range of disciplinary expertise. And 12. The methods for addressing bias and discrimination in AI need to expand to include assessments of whether certain systems should be designed at all based on a thorough risk assessment.